Welcome to the Detours Podcast. Let's get lost. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning back in to Detours, the podcast. We have been pushing through. I'm so proud. We are all the way on episode number seven. And you know what? Right before I started this podcast, they say most people give up after episode number seven. But we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pushing. So with this episode, we're talking about childhood trauma and daddy issues. And uh, this year, just with me trying to get back in the dating world and just, you know, venture back out, gain my confidence back and just, you know, get back to being me again, I have realized that your girl got some daddy issues. It's a shame. And I realized that a lot of women I know also have daddy issues. And a lot of men as well have daddy issues. So, you know, I go into detail about this with my book I just wrote called Sitting on Laps. And so I'm not going to go too far into detail with this. But, you know, with me growing up in the city and many people I know, my dad, you know, he was, you know, ironically, for a long time, he actually was around But there was a problem with him being around. And the problem is that he was addicted to drugs, to heavy drugs like crack. And, um, you know, so him being around was a problem. It For me, it caused me anxiety because him being around made the women raising me have anxiety. For example, I mean, if he come around trying to steal stuff out the house or steal money from my grandma or my mom like so now they're all worked up and because they're worked up I'm worked up and you know when I this went on for years so when he was around I did not like it my brother and sister they just loved so much when he like was around but I was like oh here he go again And I definitely resented him for a long time, especially like when I was, I probably say I was probably about 12 and I don't know what was happening, but for some reason he tried to fight my grandma. So I definitely seen him like hit my grandmother before, like in the eye or he spit in her eye. I don't know what he did. He was in the car. And that's the first time I took a jab at him because I'm like, "Uh, no, we're not about to do that. So, yeah, I definitely took a jab at him that day. We was in the car. I was in the front seat. He was in the back seat. And he, like, spit in my grandma's eye for something. I don't know what reason. He was blaming her for, you know, why he was the way he was. But it's like, yo, you're the way you were because you chose to be. My grandmother was actually very well-to-do. And he was an only child. He was spoiled. He was completely spoiled. He got everything he ever wanted i mean how many people you know black people in the 60s my grandmother owned a darn a laundromat and this dude got a whole motorcycle at like 10 years old i mean come on he was just uberly spoiled and just blaming other people for his shortcomings and then another thing is when my grandmother she was he was okay so i was probably about 
seven, eight, nine, he decided that he would, he was upset because my grandmother had a boyfriend, which she should have had a boyfriend, shoot. So she had a boyfriend, this Jamaican guy. He was a, he was a nice guy. He was nice to her and he was nice to, um, us, the grandchildren. And he was a nice man. And so he was mad one day. He came over there in one of his little crack fits. And for whatever reason, I guess the boyfriend was trying to defend my grandmother. And those two started fighting. But I do remember that day, how that day went. And it was like, well, that morning. I know he came over while my grandmother wasn't there. And shoot, I seen him at the door. I wasn't going to open the door. I was like, mm-hmm. They said, don't open the door when ain't nobody here. Um, Not today. But my brother and sister opened the door. So then we, it was a big house. So I remember going back up to the front towards the kitchen. And I peeked around the corner. And I see, I see my grandmother on the floor. On top of her was her boyfriend. And on top of him was my dad. And they're fighting. I'm just like, oh, my God. So then I just walked calmly back to the back to my brother and sister. I'm like, see what y'all did? Y'all don't let this man in the house. And now he up there fighting. And I remember saying that very calmly, me, the youngest. And they were like, they fighting? So, yeah, I don't know who broke the fighting up. I didn't go back up there. (laughs) But um, it just caused a lot of anxiety and resentment. And, like, you know, the fact that him not being around properly and him also um not being a proper father definitely led to other issues in my life now listen i'm not the type of person that i'm not going to sit here and blame blame him for any shortcomings in my life anything i did it might have been a result of that but I take responsibility for everything that I've done in my life. And I'm using that now as a stepping stone to step over it and take control of it. And so, yes, so certain things, if he would have done, been a proper father, I feel like probably would not have happened. Like, for example, for many years, I used to blame my mother for the fact that I was... um, Okay, so I was physically abused by one of her boyfriends, and I was also sexually abused by a different boyfriend. And so the physical abuser, he came first, but I'm bringing them up to say, like, had my father been around properly, my mother might not have been trying to find a man to take his place, you know? So I feel like I don't know. For a while, I felt like my mama was the type of woman who, like, just needed a man. So I decided that growing up, I would never be the type of woman who needs a man. Like, I don't need a man to complete me. I don't need any guy. I got it. Like, I got it. And I do. But I want a man. (laughs) That's what I just started telling myself recently. Like, girl, you know you want a little, little sugar. So, (laughs) so yeah, like, you know, that's when me and my mama, we still differ there today because, you know, she said something about when I was telling her about a recent situation with mine, she was like, 
well, I, I know you want a man and everything, but you don't have to deal with that stuff. I'm like, uh, correction. Um, is this is not because I want a man. Like, I wanted this man to do right by me. <laughs> I don't just want any man, and I'm not gonna ever um settle just because I quote unquote want a man. And so, but yeah, I just feel like had he been the proper type of father and husband, my mother would not have been trying to replace him. And she ended up replacing him most of the times with men who she should have stayed far away from. So we got the first guy, an abuser, which I, again, I talk about more in detail in my book, Sitting on Laps. But his name was Roland. And uh, I remember his name because we used to pick on his name a lot we used to be like me and my brother and sister we used to be like rolling rolling down a rip <laughs> but yeah so his name was Roland. he was a big dark-skinned guy he was real tall or I mean I was little so I could have just been short but he seemed very tall and so <sighs> Roland, I don't know what happened that morning all I know is that my mother it was late in the afternoon so it was a saturday morning and she hadn't come out the room so i knocked on the door i was the only one there i was the only child there i guess my brother and sister were probably with my grandma i don't know but i knocked on the door and uh i don't know how loud i knocked on the door i don't even know i was i don't know i don't know if i beat on the door i don't know if i knocked on the door but anyways Roland did not like the way I knocked on that door, honey. And Roland came out and beat my ass. <laughs> he beat my ass so bad. Like I had welts up and down my back, y'all. It was it was awful. It was I know it was awful because but before I get into how I knew it was awful, when he came out the door and it was clear to me that I was about to get my ass whooped by this guy that I barely even know. When it was clear to me that that was about to happen, I just looked at my mother and she's like in the bed, like covering up her like breasts. So I was like, shit, <laughs> guess I interrupted um, a session, but I expected her to like come out and try to uh, stop the situation or, you know, calm him down or something, but she never did. So. Um, that was probably the start of a lot of the resentment I had towards my mother for many years. So, um, that was just the beginning, but that I can remember, but I know that my back, like he only hit me on my back with a belt, but I know it was bad because I went, we drove to my grandma's house later that day. And I guess that's probably where my brother and sister were. And I don't even know why I wasn't over there. Cause I was usually at my grandmother's house, but we drove over there and I don't know, for some reason, I don't even know where my mama was, but I told my grandma what happened. I just like kind of whispered in her ear like, yeah, grandma, he just beat my ass. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what I said, but she, I remember her lifting my shirt up, looking at my back and it, and my dad was there too. And my dad kind of like child he yelled out like a wild animal like he was pissed off and all I know from what my grandma told me was that um my dad and my granddad 
went over to the apartment that we were living in and all I know I don't know what happened listen all I know is we never saw Roland again never to be seen again um don't know what happened to him don't even care but yeah so that was Roland and then probably the next year we got John chat listen y'all I'm a Virgo I remember I don't know why I remember this kind of stuff but um this guy's his name was John and he was a young guy he looked real young I don't know how old he was but he looked younger than my mother and he probably wasn't but he lived near my grandmother's other big house and on this street called Lawton Street in Atlanta it's a very it's a historic area now and you know my you know the house still in the family and everything but John he lived at this um I'm gonna call it like a boarding house because it was like it was a, it's a big house Lawton Street has like all these big houses but like you know basically different people rent out the rooms and then you know they share the common space like the living room and the uh kitchen and all that good stuff so he lived in this little boarding house he had a little room so <sighs> so my mother starts dating this John guy and long story short long story short um, if you want to know more about that, you'll have to read the books and no laps. But John, for whatever reason, I was about six. John, um, he like sexually assaulted me one day. Well, actually between two days, like first it started off, he kissed me one day and I didn't tell anybody for many years but yeah he kissed me one day and I, I didn't think much of it then but then the next time I was alone with him we were he had a little drop top car it was like white and he drove to like the back of a gas station and he like basically molested me like he tried to penetrate me and I'm like I'm literally six years old and he definitely tried to penetrate my body and it didn't go in thankfully but he definitely tried but some other stuff went down but um yeah and I just feel like it all yes yes it all goes back to had my dad been the type of dad he should have been do I feel like that would not have happened yes yes I feel like it wouldn't have happened however because of that experience I can now talk to other people and try to prevent that from happening to other people which is the entire purpose of the book I wrote is to help either help people who are going through the same situation who have gone through the same situation and are still in a depressive spiral or to prevent it with people who now have daughters of their own and so that's the purpose of my book or you know not even daughters children because you know nobody's safe you just never know. But for many years, okay, so for many years, I resented my mother, but for even longer, I resented my father. Like, what is, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, how do you not, you know, you got three healthy kids. Like, why are you not, why are you not doing better? Like, why is, why are these drugs more of a high than seeing your kids? you know living life and doing well like you understand how much of a blessing healthy kids are but 
yeah, so I just resented him for a long time, but I just recently forgave him for all of that because I am moving to the next phase of life and resentment is not a part of it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what everybody should do. Like resentment is should not be a part of your next phase in your life. It's just not. And for many men, like they have daddy issues as well. And they're like, it's one or two. So, so, so far what I've seen with men is one or two things. So either they had daddy issues and they chose to be a better father and they're just like overly involved. Like, I don't, I don't even know if it's a such thing as overly involved, but they're just, they're there. They're just like, I'm going to be there for my son. I'm here for my son, which is the most adorable thing. Yes, it is adorable. And um, they're just, they make sure they are 100% there for their child, no matter what. And then we have the other side where they had a father who wasn't there and they just decided, well, since I didn't have a good example, then I'm not going to be a good example either. Like, for example, my son's dad, you know, when I realized I didn't want anything else to do with him, a big part of it was that this man was like 33, still saying that his problem is that his dad wasn't around and his parents got a divorce when he was 13 years old. And it's like, yo, you can't keep using that as an excuse. Like, you're 33 now. You have six children. You can't use that anymore. You know, that might have worked for maybe your first child. But at this point, you have to make the decision to say, hold up. Do I want to keep this cycle going? Do I want to keep it going? Like, he's like, well, I'll stop drinking. His mom told me once, his mom recently told me, she said, yeah, he told me that if me and his dad get back together, he'll stop drinking. And I was like, why would he say that to you? But I'm like, y'all been, he's 33 and he, y'all got divorced when he was 13. So it's like, why in Lord? So basically what he's saying is he has no intention of stopping, stop drinking. Like apparently his children have asked him to stop drinking because Listen, y'all, we're grown. Drinking is nice. You know what I mean? Like you get a little drink at home, you chilling. This guy doesn't do that. He he drinks to get drunk. He doesn't drink to chill or be social. He literally drinks to get drunk. He drinks to get sloppily drunk. And it's like me. I like people who drink like little bougie shit. Like if I'm a drink... Give me something bougie on the rocks. Like, let me, I like a man that drinks some whiskey, you know, or drink a little, he might drink a beer, but it's like, if he drink a beer, it's like, he's just drinking it with a meal. He's not going to drink. If he has a 12 pack of beer, he's not going to drink all 12. And then like, I really cannot look at people who drink, um, taco vodka. Like that's rubbing alcohol. Like I can't look at you in the face. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? That's like, you could have just bought that from the store. Like from the, you know, Walgreens. If you just wanted to drink some rubbing alcohol. 
But yeah, I just, it's like you have to make that decision. Like everything in life is a decision. That's why I got these, this tat, these, my latest tattoos on my arms were like the chess pieces, the king and queen is everything is a decision. You have to decide to do differently. You have to. And I am by no means, by no means perfect. I'm not a perfect person. And I am not a perfect mother. Like, I try to, I try to be a good mother. Like, I try to be there for my son. I make sure that he knows the importance of, first of all, religion, school. And then after school, I I tell him that it is important for him to be involved in extracurricular activities. It is important. Like, I'm telling him what I know from experience. Like, you have to stay involved. Like, these things will help you with all parts of life. You have to know how to multitask. You have to know how to problem solve. So, I let him know, like, it starts with extracurricular activities. These will help him in life and just with doing anything that he would like to do. Like, you have to be involved. And another thing with extracurricular activities, I also wanted to put him in there because of the um, of the men. So the men there have taken him under in the past. The men have taken him like the coaches have taken him under their wing and they've been there for him. And they've been a support to me in the past um, for at least a season or two or three. And so I appreciated that and I needed to get him involved with that. And I saw that and I wanted to make sure he had some kind of father figures in his life. So I made sure he had plenty around him because I recognized that that was important early on. I recognized that and I wanted that to be there for him. And I just think that you know, dad should do better. Now, these days, there's a lot. There are more men, black men who are good fathers than not these days. I will definitely say that because, I mean, the drug addictions as far as cocaine and crack isn't as prevalent in the black community as it used to be as far as black men. Now, of course, black men do smoke weed, but it's nothing hard and they will definitely be more involved I see which I'm I'm loving that I mean I love the men who recognize that they don't want to be the same as their father if their father was not involved and on top of that I recognize that you know I definitely catch myself like if I know some things that my mother might have said to me uh when I was a kid like if it was something regarding my weight or anything I know that you know, that's not anything I want to say to my son or to any of my kids. Like, there's other ways of handling it. Like, we can handle it a different way. And so, it's important to me not to be, not to be, I don't want to say not like my mother. But, yes, I don't want to be anything like my mother. I want to be like me. Like, I want to be what I consider a good parent, which is someone who's there for my children. Like, someone who is mentally stable, financially fit, someone who is around and does whatever is necessary for my children. 
And, you know, that's another reason why, like, on top of the fact that I was terrified to bring another man around my son for a long period of time because I feared him being abused like I was in the past. I didn't bring a man around because I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to introduce that to him, like a different man all the time or like, um, I just didn't want to introduce like the fact that I might have a different man all the time or I'm trying to settle or I'm trying to put my son on another man. Like I just never wanted to be that type. And thankfully, nine years later, I have not been that type, but I am at a point where it's like, okay, I do like, even though they say now there's not really a clock on these things, like naturally, naturally, I feel a clock. You know what I mean? Like I hit 30 and I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh shit. I'm not married. Like I don't have this. I don't have this, you know? And so this clock just came naturally to me. Like I know we say we're not going by that anymore as a society, but of course I feel like I'm 30 and I need to be in a committed relationship that's headed towards marriage. And I mean, I can see how someone, the older you get, you're like, Ooh, I gotta get serious about this dating thing. But it's like, what's more important is mental health right now because you know, these guys will drive you crazy. And another thing that is important is just the fact that if I'm with the guy, he has to understand that at some point, yes, I mean, I'm going to be wanting us to do more things as a family. Like, okay, if you have this amount of kids and I have a son, yes, I want us to do stuff together. If we've been together for a while, like, yeah, I'm not going to be just going out on the weekends with you and then not including my son and leaving my son wherever because I mean that's just not realistic I mean realistically yes I come with a son and um you know I just think that's where these daddy issues come from like I just had a favorite song I don't even know the name of it no more but it was like you know, he started off the song, but with like all these little, all these women looking for a daddy. And I was like, damn, that's, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a daddy. Like we're looking for someone to, um, take the lead. And that is true. And I was just listening to that song and I was just like, damn, he right. They, everybody, all these women, we just looking for a daddy, not like our father but like a dad figure who will be the head of the household and so it's just difficult but when I say daddy issues like these guys some of these guys they got daddy and mommy issues too like these guys they say they like bitchy women like I hear I hear I don't hear a lot of guys saying that no more but like I feel like some less educated guys say that, like they love a bitchy woman. Now it's like all of us women can be bitchy. All of us can nag and we have things we don't like, but they like a overly, overly always attitude always bitchy woman. And it's like, at some point that shit is tiring. Like who the fuck want to go home every day and have to worry about somebody else's attitude every single day. Ugh. 
But it's like the guys who's, who who I've seen say that, in my opinion, they were less educated. And then, in my opinion, they also have mommy issues because they're looking for a woman who treated them, who's going to treat them bad like their mother treated them. They want somebody who's going to be a bitch all the time and be nagging them all the time. And they just think that's cute. Like, that's not cute. Like, I'm all for be his peace. I'm all for a peaceful household. Like, hell yeah. Because we're going to have regular problems as it is. We're going to have regular ass problems. And if you're just looking for some makeup sex, I can cut your ass out about some dishes and we can make up later. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't see that happening. But if it did, I mean, there's many things we can argue about. We can argue about our favorite TV show if we just wanted to have some makeup sex later. But, yeah, it's just like these guys definitely have daddy and mommy issues. And some guys haven't recognized the fact that they have mommy issues. And it's like, okay, you know, no, you don't want a woman that's going to be bitchy to you and mean to you all the time. Like, can you imagine having a bad day at work and then coming home to have an even worse day at home? Like when you just want somebody to listen to you and to just show you some positive attention like can you imagine i can't so yeah so like i just think that more people should take responsibility once you reach a certain age you have to take some kind of accountability for what happened acknowledge it to the best of your ability if you have to get counseling get counseling acknowledge it and then move on because if you have kids they're counting on you to be able to move on and heal yourself not to mention life is short enough there's no reason to go through life upset because it's it's gonna upset you enough and it's too short for you to even be worrying about the kind of things that some people worry about Like, for example, like I was mentioning earlier, I was abused. Um, You know, I was abused sexually, physically. And yeah, as a kid, I definitely had a lot of resentment and a lot of, I don't even want to say anger, but it was like, it definitely, those situations definitely, I think, reshaped my life because I definitely remember being just a little carefree kid no worries no nothing and then it's like after that um sexual altercation at six I definitely remember like a complete change in my whole life like in how I thought about things and who I trusted and who I went around and it's like any guy after that that my mama brought around I stayed very far away from them and on top of that I stayed very much far away from my dad because yeah I I thought it was his fault like I was mentioning earlier and like I mean a part of me also thought it was my fault because I didn't tell my mother what happened but it's like what do I even say what do I even say at six (laughs) what do I even say and so I didn't tell her till I was like 17 but I was also annoyed with her at 17 because 
I asked her, like, what is his name? Like, I wanted to look him up on Facebook or online because I'm like, if he did that to me, I know he did that to some other little girls. I just know it. And so I wanted to look him up and see where the hell he was today because I was going to tell him a little something, something. But um, she couldn't remember his last name. And I'm like, bro, what you mean you can't remember his last name? Like every guy I've dated, I know their first and their last name. Why don't you know their name? Why don't you know his name or even have an idea of what his name was? You know what I'm saying? But it's like after John... John didn't move in with us, but it's like after him, like it's kind of a blur. Okay. After him, she did have another boyfriend after him. And, um, he was an Indian guy named Hussein and actually Hussein, um, you know, he was not from this country. He was from Bangladesh and he had his own daughter. So I like, if we went to his house, or if he came over with his daughters, like the kids were with the kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the kids were with the kids and the grownups were with the grownups. So I actually thought she was going to marry Hussein and Hussein definitely, you know, I know for a fact that he helped her out financially. He took us to um, the Tennessee Aquarium, like whole family, everybody in a van. <laughs> and so, you know, it was fine. And Hussein never tried to... um like put himself on the kids like he was there for my mother and that was it like that and that was how it should always be like he didn't get involved with nothing going on with us kids and that's how it should be like he had an older daughter which years later when they broke up I actually saw her in my college town in Carrollton Georgia and I was at the Walgreens and she was the manager at the Walgreens. And um, <laughs> I don't know. She didn't look how I remember, but I saw her name tag and I was like, hey, um, is your dad named Hussein? And is your brother named this? And you got a sister named this? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sh- I'm this. I'm so-and-so. And you know, and she was like, yeah, I remember you. How you been? How your mom? And, you know, it was sweet seeing her all those years later. But, yeah, I always stay with the girls. So the girls were with the girls and the boys were with the boys. And that, and we were like a little family. So it was sweet. And we would eat little um, Bangladeshi food and lots of rice with with lime juice and other little kinds of meats and it was sweet and um on top of that after that so they broke up which I think my dad ended up running him off because I think he was gonna try to marry my mother but I think my dad he caught he caught Hussein at my grandma house one day and it looked like he was trying to fight him I don't know what exactly happened, but it looked like he was trying to fight him. (sighs) And, um, you know, after that, I don't, I don't remember seeing Hussein after that. So after Hussein, it was another guy. Now this guy, he was weird and he moved in the house with us, but not for very long, which was great because he was weird, but he would just, 
he didn't even work either. He just kind of stayed in his room. Oh, I'm sorry. Stayed in my mother's room. (laughs) And I was at school. And when I did come home, I wasn't there for long. I was always, you know, either at my best friend house or at whoever house running around the neighborhood. I probably just came home to sleep. And that's it. And so, but he was weird. And he only did one weird thing, which, you know... It's like, what? What are you doing? So, that's the only weird thing he did. He had a son who was in, like, I'm assuming he was in, like, juvenile. I don't know where he was. But he was like, hey, um, this is my son. Can he write to you? Like, write me a letter. And I was like, oh, yeah, we on some pen pal type shit. Let's go. And so... His son wrote me a letter. I received the letter. I opened the letter. It's like, hey, can you be my girlfriend? And just, I love you. I'm like, bro, we ain't never seen each other. I don't even know you. So I thought that was very weird. I don't think I ever wrote back. I just showed the message to my mama. And shortly after that dude was gone. And then that was that. But then she moved the next guy in, which I mentioned in, in the previous episode. Next guy moves in, and it's like, bro, stop moving folks in. What you doing? And that's another thing I never want to do. Like, if we just started dating, there's no reason for you to move in. But, like, you know, houses, housing is a lot different now. Like, I would never have, like, a little small house. But if you do have a small house and you have multiple kids, again, don't move nobody else in if the space is already confined what is you doing, little baby? <laughs> what is you doing? So, yeah. So, of course, like, it just, that whole situation when I was six just reformed my whole entire life, in my opinion. Like, it just made me a lot more conscious at a very young age, and I just did not need to go through that. And so that's just been my, kind of my fear, but I don't, I don't fear it anymore, but it's been my fear and I'm glad I had a son first because I can only imagine if I had a daughter, it would have been way worse. Like, you know, like, shit, her daddy wouldn't even be able to come over. <laughs> but um, on top of that, we have the fact that we have um, my dad is a Sagittarius who was on drugs and an alcoholic. A Sagittarius on drugs and an alcoholic. And so I realized later that this is the same thing with my son's dad. He's a Sagittarius who was on some kind of drugs and definitely an alcoholic. And it's like, it's so true. Like girls definitely inadvertently marry their dads. Like they marry what they see. Like I call myself not even trying to attract what I saw growing up. And then that's what the fuck I did. <laughs> like, where they do that at? <sighs> so I was like, damn, that's fucked up. And again, I feel like had he been around, that wouldn't have happened. But um, but he was around, just not properly. And like, I remember, I never really tried to make up with him growing up, but... When my grandmother died in um, 2011, four months after I had my son, 
when she died i um i just remembered like right before she passed away um they went to the hospital they took my grandmother to the hospital they wanted to see what was going on what was you know what was causing her situation and um so while she's at the hospital we're they're getting a prognosis of what's going on and the only thing my dad is going to ask um my sister to bring back he was like okay she going to the doctor make sure you get her debit card i'm like nigga oop bruh that's all you think about now is her debit card so you can get some cigarettes and a beer like what is wrong with you so like he said that i didn't say anything because i was just like it don't matter whatever happens i'm done with this guy it doesn't it doesn't even matter and you know and then even before that probably the week that same week probably matter of fact it might have even been that night my grandmother lord knows by that time i would do anything she asked me to do but she had asked me to take him home back to uh the west end over there on lawton street she asked me to take him home in my little kia rio <laughs> and she asked me to take him home and i was like god damn bro <laughs> me i'm the only one that can take him home you got anybody else so she asked me to take him home. I ain't say a word. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. He packed his little garbage bag in the back of my little car. And then um, we were kind of arguing, me and my dad. And I don't know what we were arguing about. I'm sure it's about how, you know, I just couldn't stand him at that time. <laughs> so we're over here arguing. And, you know, but I shut up when I'm, you know, he ever been arguing, arguing. And then, like, one of your elders come around and y'all shut the hell up. Like, hmm. <laughs> nothing to see here nothing to see <laughs> so i shut the hell up when she get there so um i guess she could sense the tension so she's over here not feeling well and next thing i know we're gearing up to go and we see her moseying out the house with her little peacoat on trying to get in the car and then i'm like grandma we don't have no space this kia rio is so tiny we don't have no space baby girl <laughs> and so and I was like you don't have to come it's gonna be fine and she was like I think she told somebody else she was scared that I was like gonna drop him off on the expressway or something and I'm like no I ain't doing that because he ain't gonna do nothing but call you <laughs> I'm taking him to the house and I'm going to the house to the house in Atlanta on the other side of Atlanta Adamsville so um yeah but I said all that to say that, like, just recently within the last year, like, I really didn't deal with him at all. And then, like, years later, when I saw him after my grandma passed, um, the first time I seen him, like, I remember the next time I seen him, it was probably at my sister's house. And it was, like, um, probably Thanksgiving. And I saw him, and he was missing his one of his front teeth. And my eyes kind of watered up. It's like, oh my God, you know what? You shouldn't be walking around here missing your tooth. Like, oh my God, like they can, you can go to the dentist and get a, um, an implant. You know what I'm saying? Like it hurt me to see him looking like that, you know? 
So in the last year, two years, I just decided, we're really, I will just say the last year, I just decided I'm no longer mad at him. I forgive him for everything. And I am not going to live my life hating him because, first of all, that's not what the Bible said to say, honor your parents. And whatever, the rest of it that it says in that verse doesn't even matter. It just said, honor your parents period. And I do honor my parents. I mean, they got me here and they got me and my siblings here and whatever their shortcomings were, that's their story. But they got us here enough and got and enough things happened to me for me to have the mindset I have so that the next generation coming up after me can have less and less shortcomings. So they had their shortcomings. Me, I had my shortcomings. And like basically with every generation, those shortcomings should get less and less because it should be continuous improvement. And that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I forgive him. And I'm thankful that I'm still here long enough to forgive him and to forgive my mother and to want to be a better parent, a better mother. And I want to give my children a better father, you know, and if I recognize if I recognize, which I recognize with my son, that it was going the opposite way, then I'm gonna nip it in the bud because this is a new generation. It's a new dawn and we're not playing that right now. And so it's just all about moving on, doing better, doing what's right for these children. Um, Had I told my mother that I was sexually abused earlier, would anything have happened? Probably. But at this point, I feel like it wouldn't have changed the outcome because what happened happened and nothing can change that. Nothing can change that other than, um, I don't know, just me. I mean, I was in my own house. I don't know what else I could have done to change either of those situations um, other than I could have not gotten into his car. But again, not only do I forgive my mother and my father, but guess what? I also forgive myself. So I think that's another thing that's important for healing and for healing trauma and parent parental issues. You have to also forgive yourself. So I forgive myself for everything that happened that day and going forward. I forgive me. So I think that's important going forward as well. And it will continue to be that way. I think that more the more people that recognize that they have daddy issues and mommy issues, the better we all will be as a whole. So tell me what y'all think. Be sure to hit me up at detoursthepodcast.com or detoursthepodcast at gmail.com. I most definitely want to hear your stories and I definitely want us to Get through a healing process together. Let me know. Let's talk about it. Talk to y'all later. Bye.